You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And on today's show, we're going to be joined by John Kegley, one of the original members of the show. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. And we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which you can catch weekly. And this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, let me just start by saying happy Thanksgiving. We hope to have a show for you guys out today. Many of you are probably out driving to family's house or maybe you're just staying home today. But we definitely wanted to have something out for you guys. We'll be off tomorrow and back on Monday. But Thank you to everyone who is checking us out for the first time, and a special thank you to all of our loyal fans out there as well, and just for having us be a part of your life, and that's why we definitely are thankful for you on this Thanksgiving day. But we do have a great show for you guys today, because since it is the last show of the week, we do have to get into our keys for success, so we will start with the offensive side of the ball in the second segment, we'll talk about protecting Justin Herbert and what the Chargers need to do offensively to try to keep up with the Buffalo Bills, and then switching it over to the defensive side on the hat on the last segment of the show, we'll be getting into what we can expect from this Chargers defense, who could be down a couple of big players before getting into our bold and game predictions. But we have to start with the news that the Chargers shook up their coaching staff, and there's really no other way to say it because no one technically got fired. But I will say George Stewart is no longer the special teams coordinator for the Chargers. So let's go ahead and get into it. On Wednesday, the Los Angeles Chargers finally shook things up on the coaching staff. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. One thing that many Chargers fans have wanted to see after a lot of the terrible losses that the Chargers have suffered so far this season is to see some heads roll and to see somebody lose their job because of the lack of performance that you had seen from the team and two of the people that were most talked about in that regard were defensive coordinator Gus Bradley and special teams coordinator George Stewart. But it was reported on Wednesday that charge coach Anthony Lynn is shaking up his staff, reassigning special teams coordinator George Stewart as an offensive analyst and promoting assistant special teams coach Keith Burns to fill Stewart's former role. Lynn and others will also help out. That was from Michael Silver on Twitter, but... This is the first significant thing we've seen from the Chargers. It doesn't necessarily feel like a head is rolling in this situation, but the Chargers special teams has been so bad so far this year. They've had two consecutive weeks where they've had a punt blocked against them, which is something that you probably won't see the rest of the year from any team or maybe haven't seen in the last couple of years because it's something that is so rare. But David, now the Chargers get Keith Burns to fill in that role, and they'll have to hope they can get more out of it than they got from George Stewart. Absolutely, Daniel. I mean, one thing is clear. The Chargers knew that it was time to make a change. The special teams unit, which should not be a liability, has been nothing but a liability this year for the Chargers. So they had to make a change, and that manifested itself in the form of George Stewart getting reassigned to be an offensive analyst and then promoting assistant Keith Burns to be the team's new special 
uh, special teams coordinator. Keith Burns entered his third season as the assistant special teams coach for the Chargers. He spent the 2013 season as a special teams coordinator for the Washington Redskins and six seasons as an assistant special teams coach for the Denver Broncos after his 13-year playing career where he was mostly a special teamer. He has the fourth most special teams tackles in NFL history, so he does have a lot of experience with the special teams avenue. That is how he made his money in the NFL. The special teams has had numerous problems this year. That has included multiple block punts, really bad penalties at bad times, and allowed some really big returns as well. A change was necessary, and although most of the time in these situations coaches just get fired, it's not really surprising that head coach Anthony Land decided to keep his mentor, George Stewart, and just shuffle him to another area of the team instead of being outright fired. Obviously, Anthony Lynn is a guy that really likes his guys, and he was obviously one of those people, and now he shifts over to a role that he's probably more suited to because it's something that he's actually done more recently. And for Keith Burns, he's actually been a special teams coordinator more recently than George Stewart had before his job with the Chargers. So I do think the Chargers have somebody that knows what they're doing, but they're going to have a big target on their back. The special teams unit will because it has been such a bad unit. And if it continues to be bad, it looks worse on the players than it does on the coaches. But I did think it was kind of interesting that Anthony Wynn said, hey, if you're out there coaching and your players don't get executed and your players don't execute, you lose your job. So I did think that was kind of a cop out. It's kind of just saying, you know, the players got him fired and it is a lot of players making individual mistakes a lot of times but I do think there needs to be a little bit more accountability than that but getting into the good news for the Chargers they did get a player back today they did get a player back on Wednesday and that's corner Brandon Faison and a lot of people might have forgotten this but Faison was on the COVID-19 list on Wednesday and now according to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicles he's been activated from the reserve list and is now back with the team and it's great news because Casey Hayward might not play in this game coming up and he's been gone for a long time and he was put on the list before the Chargers game against the Raiders in week nine and now David he is back with the team and they might desperately need him this weekend against a very talented receiving core yeah all of a sudden Daniel the Chargers might be without one of their best cornerbacks and their star corner Casey Hayward he's on the injury list here with a groin injury did not practice on Wednesday at all and so Having Brandon Faison come back after missing a couple of games is going to be a, is going to be very important for the Chargers, and he might be thrust right back into a game situation very quickly. I mean, not participating with a groin injury. Whenever you have a soft tissue injury, you never know how those things are going to change and change or heal throughout the week. So. The Chargers very well might be without Casey Hayward on Sunday. They might be getting Chris Harris Jr. back, which might soften the blow, but the Chargers are still very thin at corner, so having Brandon Faison come back is very important. A couple of the names on the injury report that should be mentioned is Melvin Ingram was on the injury report with the knee injury. It's something he has suffered from earlier in the year. We do not know the extent of that injury, but we do know that he missed practice on Wednesday. And then another name on the offensive side of things is Kalen Bellage. He was a limited participant in practice with an ankle injury. So that's definitely something to monitor. We do not know whether Austin Eckler is going to play on Sunday or not, but we do know that this running back group, Daniel, is banged up. Yeah, Kalen Bellage did have to leave the last series 
last week offensively for the Chargers, and we do not know if Austin Eckler is going to be back, even though if you ask him, I think he would say he is coming back, and he's basically said that on different social media platforms. But Brandon Faison, I think, is the biggest guy on this list just because he should be totally healthy. It wasn't a knee injury or anything like that that kept him out. He should be able to come back. But if he did have some symptoms from COVID-19, which we're not even 100% sure that he had, but for that absence, you would have to believe so, maybe he will take a little bit more time to come back. But the fact that they're bringing him off that list is definitely a good sign. And so far this year in a very small sample size, He's only allowed 4.8 yards per target, which is actually really, really good, and a passer rating of 84.7. He has allowed 75% of the passes that have been in his area to be completed, but the most impressive thing is he is a good tackler, and he's actually averaged less than, and receivers have actually averaged less than one yard in yards after contact after they make the catch against Brandon Faison. So that is something that he will bring to the table, and the Chargers We'll need all hands on deck coming up against a very, very talented Bills team on Sunday. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have to get into our keys for success for this weekend's game. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball and talk about what Justin Herbert and the team need to do to find success against a pretty mediocre Bills defense so far this season coming up right after this. But this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into our keys for success for the Chargers offense. And there's a lot of things I think we need to get into. I think protecting the ball is going to be huge this week. I think running the ball is going to be huge this week. And I think just playing, you know, very careful football and not giving the Bills offense any more opportunities will be a big theme for this week as well. But John, when you're looking at this game going up against a very good Bills team, what are you looking for out of the Chargers offense? I'm looking for them to spread it out and try to hammer them with the run. If you can spread it out the wide receivers and run it between the center and the guard or the guard and tackle, just keep it in between the linemen, you can have a lot of success with, with this team. I've seen a lot of teams on game film have success with that when they spread out the team and run up the middle, especially the Cardinals. The Cardinals had a lot with that, but I mean, a lot of that has to do with Kyler Murray's running ability. Herbert has some running ability, so it does still work for the Chargers, but the other teams, if they just spread them out, just did like a simple delayed draw or something up the middle, they had success. So this might be that one time the Chargers running up the middle on first and second down might work, but I still need to see run passes on first down to set up those runs when you spread them out. Well, I think it's just running efficiently. I mean, the Chargers have had some good rushing totals this season, but they're still, you know, bottom five or six in the NFL as far as yards per carry. They have not been an efficient running football team. I mean, where's Joe Reed been when you need a little bit of spark in the running game? And the rest of the guys, I mean, that have been filling in for the Chargers, especially last week, just couldn't come through and really put together an efficient workload. I mean, it's like... Joshua Kelly, you know, negative two yards with four carries. Troy Main Pope at like one yard per carry. Kalen Blodge has been fine, but even he is averaging less than four yards per carry. So I think the Chargers will have some opportunities in this game to run the football. The Bills are not a good team at stopping the run. So, I mean, we've said that before about many teams, but it's not as if they are going to go up against a very stout run defense in this game. I mean, I think the Chargers should be able to do it. It's just whether or not they will. So far this year, the Bills have allowed the sixth most yard 
the sixth most yards per carry in the NFL, and the fifth most total rushing yards. So teams are running effectively and running a lot against the Bills, and I think that's a good way to protect Justin Herbert a little bit in this game. And I think that will be the next key for success, David, is protecting Justin Herbert because the Bills blitz even more than the Jets do, and although they don't get that much pressure, I mean, they're middle of the pack as far as the pressure they're able to get actually lower than that, 24th in the league. But they are ninth in the league in sacks, and we saw the Chargers go up against a very toothless pass rush last week and really not look great against them. So this week, I mean, I think how well this offensive line plays is going to have a lot to do with how well the Chargers offense plays. Yeah, and another week where, Daniel, I feel like you're reading my notes because one of my keys for success is to have a good protection plan for Justin Herbert because the Bills do get after the quarterback. They have 27 sacks and 59 QB hits, so you definitely want to make sure that you have a good plan in place to slow things down. I do like the running the football. You, you know, the Bills give up 135 rushing yards per game, so the running game will be there, but also keep slinging it, okay, because the Bills' pass defense is not great. They allowed 67.9%. Uh, completion percentage which is 23rd in the league and 238.7 yards per game so their pass defense is a vulnerability despite having one of the better corners in the league he can't be everywhere so you definitely want to continue to take your shots and look down the football field to try to move the ball there will be opportunities to do that and i'm guessing you're mentioning josh norman as one of the best corners in the league who is also (laughs) um, no (laughs) Who is also one of the best trash talkers in the league. He will get in your head. So I think you got to mention a key to this game has got to be for the Chargers receivers. Do not drink the Kool-Aid of Josh Norman. Ignore him. Play your game, and you'll have success. He knows that if he gets into your head just a little bit, you'll get off of your game, be more focused on him, and that's where he starts to beat you. So someone like Keenan Allen, stay focused, play your game, and you will smoke him all day. And I think one of the biggest questions I have for this game is whether Trey White is going to be shadowing Keenan Allen. I mean, I think it is a good possibility that that he will see a lot of those snaps. And I think one of my things, John, is even though Trey White is a good corner, I mean, last year he was dominant. I mean, he has been in his time in the league. But I just think that even if Trey White decides to just shadow Keenan Allen the entire game, it doesn't mean you have to avoid Keenan Allen. I mean, you have to make sure other guys get involved, but Tredavious White has been borderline mortal so far this season. He's allowed a passer rating over 100 so far this year. Last year, he was at 43.3 passer rating against when he was targeted, which is just insane. Uh, The the year before that, it was 71.8, but he is allowing 15.7 yards per reception, but he only allows about 54% of the passes that are at him to be completed. So even though obviously he's a great corner, John, I think that you still have to make sure Keenan Allen is involved in the game plan, even if they do decide to stick him on Keenan Allen for most of the game. Absolutely. You have to keep using your weapon, even if they have a good corner on him. You just have to scheme him open or you have to let him know, hey, I have I have the ability to beat this guy. Just put me in that situation that I can. So for example, if Keenan Allen can't beat him on a go route, but if he can beat him on a slant route, Try to get Keenan some more slant routes that get him more involved. And there's been times over over Keenan's career where he's gone up against a great corner and we've said, hey, is he going to be able to beat this guy? Is he going to get shut down? And Keenan goes out and says, of course I'm going to beat this guy. Like Richard Sherman when the Seahawks yeah. won the Super Bowl. 
Everyone's talking about how the Seahawks defense is going to be, and Keenan Allen is just roasting Richard Sherman on all these slant routes. Sherman can't even get close to him, picking up first downs. And he had success because you gave him his strength. If you had given him a bunch of deep routes the whole time, he probably wouldn't have gone off on that game. So use his strength in this game. But I think one key thing for me, Ed Oliver is a nice little body in the middle that can take up a lot of space. But a cool little thing you can do for a guy like that is you run at them. If you run yeah. at them, they have to pick a side to go to to make the play. And whatever side he goes to, our running backs, I know they have the ability to make a read and make a quick cut. Just read your offensive lineman's butt and go off of it, and Ed Oliver can't be an effective guy. I do think that's a good plan just because he can be a guy who gets a lot of penetration, right? He's a guy that can mess things up in the backfield. And so far when that happens this year for the Chargers, it usually ends into a negative four-yard loss like we saw a couple of times last week. But I do think another thing that will be huge in this game, David, is taking care of the football, not turning the ball over. Obviously, last week, Keenan Allen fumbles it on the one-yard line. If that happens this week, you'd lose. I mean, I think it's as simple as that. Justin Herbert had another game last week where not only did he not throw an interception, but he didn't even have any balls that should have been intercepted or were even close to getting intercepted. So I think that is huge this week. The Bills have a very good offense. You don't need to give them opportunities. I think obviously field possession will be a huge field position will be a huge part of this game as well. So don't give them any extra chances just because I mean they don't need it, especially going up against the Chargers defense. Not at all. And if you look at the their three losses that they have this year, they have either lost or tied the turnover battle in each and every one of them. To the loss of the Titans, they turned the ball over three times. The loss to the Chiefs, they turned it over once. The Chiefs did not turn it over at all. And against the Cardinals, they had two turnovers. You know, the Cardinals had two as well, but that's the common theme. And all their losses, they beat themselves with their turnover. So you have to not only take the football away, but you need to protect the ball and not give them any any extra opportunities. Their passing offense is pretty special. I believe it's fourth in the NFL. They can definitely throw the ball. They're looking to throw the football. We'll get into that when we get over to the other side when we talk about keys for success on defense. But it's important to talk about it on both sides of the ball. Don't give them any extra opportunities, and you got to win the turnover battle. And I think the same thing goes for special teams because you can't have any mistakes in the turnover battle. You can't have any special teams mistakes this week either because last week you got a win in a game that you not only fumbled on the one-yard line, but you also had a blocked punt that led to a touchdown. If the Chargers have another bad special teams game, they will lose this game again. This is not the type of team that you can make those mistakes against and still be able to be competitive and, and think you have a shot at winning the game. But we do have to get into the other side of the football, and we'll talk about hopefully the Chargers maybe turning the Bills' offense over a little bit to give themselves a really good shot in this game. And we'll get into that and much more coming up right after this. All right, well, now we're going to the defensive side of the ball. And David will pick it up where we left off, and that is the Chargers forcing turnovers. I mean, on paper, this Chargers defense is not a good matchup going up against the Buffalo Bills offense. The offense with Josh Allen, who is a true premier playmaker in the NFL, especially this year where, you know, a lot of this year people were talking potentially about him being an MVP at certain points of the year, and then he trailed off a little bit. But his and Justin Herbert's numbers are actually very, very similar. So you know what kind of playmaker you're going up against because you see a lot of the same things from Justin Herbert. But when you look at this game and you look at the Chargers fighting this uphill battle specifically, I mean, if they want a chance to, you know, hold the Bills offense to a moderate game, I think they have to force a couple of turnovers. 
And I think they will be given the opportunity to as well. I mean, Josh Allen will put the ball in harm's way at some point in this game. I can almost guarantee it. He definitely will because he trusts his arm maybe a little bit too much. I mean, we know that he can throw it from one side of the field to the other. I mean, he has some special arm talent. I mean, that's something we've had the pleasure of witnessing for nine games from Justin Herbert. But Josh Allen likes to trust his arm a little bit too much, and that's why he's thrown seven interceptions this year. Now, what you need to do to kind of, you know, make him want to make those throws is get pressure on him at a much higher rate than the Chargers are doing this year. The Chargers are only blitzing 15.2% of the time, which is last in the league by a huge margin. They have to flip the script in this one. They have to get after the quarterback. I know I say this every single week, but it's especially true with Josh Allen because he is very mobile. He can run around and scramble and extend plays. He's a big kid. He's hard to take down. But when you do get pressure in his face, that is when he's more liable to hurry throws. And when he hurries throws, he throws interceptions. So that's what you need to do to make him want to push the ball down the field before he's ready and be ready to take that ball away when he does. And he also and likes to force passes too. If, if there's triple yeah. coverage, even without pressure, he will still for some reason try to force that ball if nobody's open. He's not really big on rolling out, throwing the ball out of bounds. He tries to force a lot of passes. So you also got to be looking out for him going into your double coverage. Just because you have a guy double covered in this game does not mean – You've done your job. You have to finish the whole play because he'll force a pass. Yeah, and sometimes that's, you know, a big part of some of the offense that they've had is, you know, some guys making some ridiculous catches on balls that Josh Allen probably should have never thrown. But we have always talked about with this Chargers defense, I mean, in the very recent future, I mean, to the last, like, few years about them being able to contain quarterbacks. And now, John, they're going to get one of their bigger tests of the season in that regard being able to collapse the pocket, being able to put Josh Allen in the position where he thinks, okay, hey, listen, I need to make a play because I'm not going to be able to escape this. I think those are all kind of intertwined. And I think the one thing you really can't afford to do in this game is to let Josh Allen's legs beat you. I mean, he's a big guy. He's very hard to bring down. And, I mean, if he does get outside the pocket, he can launch a 70-yard bomb down the field. So I think that is going to be the one of the biggest tests for this Chargers defense is trying to keep him in the pocket. Don't let his legs be a big factor. Oh, and like you mentioned, he'll throw it 70 yards. That arm is ridiculously strong. Do not underrate yeah. that. But yes, you cannot let him get outside the pocket and extend these plays. He can throw on the run pretty well. He can make a lot of plays on the run. And the Bills love to do the the rollout, throw to someone in the flats type of play too, and that's something that beats the Chargers usually, especially when if you cover the guy in the flats, the quarterback takes off running on the Chargers. And Josh Allen is not a small guy. He will run into <laughs> you, and we have had trouble tackling, and I'm not going to be surprised if we have trouble tackling a QB too <laughs> with our luck. Yeah, so, if they get there. Yeah, if, if they get there, but ugh. But you got to make sure you keep him in the pocket and force him into those passes that he loves to force. If he's in the pocket, even if he has a little bit extra time to do to throw the ball, you're more likely going to get him into throwing an interception than anything. <laughs> it's just because he wants to force the ball. He always tries to make the big play, which is still his young mind. But he's improving every year. But he still hasn't gotten over the fact that hey, sometimes it's okay to throw it at your guy's foot or throw it out of bounds. He always wants to force it. He's not and- a guy that throws away a lot of passes. No, he does not throw the ball away a lot, but also be ready 
for him in the red zone because he is going to run the ball. He yeah. is actually the leading rusher as far as touchdowns, rushing touchdowns is for the Bills team as the quarterback. So that's a big part of their arsenal. They are going to use him to try to get him and in, get into the end zone to score touchdowns in the red zone. You got to be ready for that and you got to try to prepare against it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, he's probably their most talented running back so far this season. I mean, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, both pretty good players, but I mean, nobody scares me in this game running the football more than Josh Allen does. But I mean, that will be another key for this game, David, is just, are you going to get dominated at the line of scrimmage? Because even though he has ran the ball effectively, the Bills are still not a good team at running the football. But I mean, it, got, it seems like it's just a, a broken record, but it doesn't matter how bad teams have been going in against the Chargers at running the football. They find a way to win the battle of the trenches against the Chargers, and now no Uchenin Wosu, probably no Melvin Ingram, at least at this point. Not that those are the two more, most physical players on the Chargers, but at the same time, those are two talented players on that defensive line that won't be out there. And now the Chargers will have to show again that, listen, you have to be able to go out there and keep this, uh, this running game down, which is something they haven't been able to do. If they can do it, and you know, you always talk about making them one-dimensional, if Josh Allen feels like he has to do everything himself, you're in a good spot, right? But if, you, if you're just letting him complete easy passes, because that's all he has to do because the running game is working as well, it's going to be a very, very long day. Yeah, you absolutely cannot allow them to be balanced on offense. I mean, if if that happens, it is going to be a very long day. I mean, the Bills don't run the ball particularly well. They're running a shade under 100 rushing yards per game. So they don't really try to run the football. I mean, they really only run to set, set up the pass. In most of their games this year, they have 40 and 50 passing attempts. They like to throw the football. So yeah. if you allow them to be balanced, it's going to be a bad day because then they can incorporate the play action, and that's just going to be a, a, a nightmare to go up against with our, an already very talented pass offense with three wide receivers that can beat you, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and John Brown, who is faster than hell. So that's one of my other keys is don't get beat deep. Do not get beat deep. If you have to double, if you have to get more safety help, do it. But do not allow him to stretch the football field and beat you deep. If that happens, it's going to be a bad day. It will be a bad day. And I did have that on my notes as well, especially with the uncertainty of who is going to be out there. Last week, just in the second half alone, the Chargers gave up eight plays for the Jets offense that went 15 yards or more. So the Chargers gave up a lot of big plays. That's supposed to be the thing with this defense, Sean, is bend but don't break. Don't give up the big play. That's the whole thing with the, you know, the cover three shell over the top is that you're not giving up those big plays, but that's not necessarily what happened. Obviously, this week, they're not going to be able to target Casey Hayward over the top because he might not play if he's not able to go. But at the same time, I mean, I think another thing that you can do with this Bills offense, and we've seen happen to this Bills offense earlier this season is holding them to field goals. I mean, that's something the Chargers defense has been really good at in the past, especially, you know, with some lesser talented defenses. They've still been able to tighten up near the red zone. And I mean, look back to the game against the New York Jets this season. The Bills had seven field goal attempts in that game. They did not have a touchdown in that game. And I think that for the Chargers, I know that the Bills are going to move the ball with those wide receivers, but if you can eliminate those big plays and then once you get down there, you force them to settle for fuel goals, I really do think they'll have a good shot. 
Absolutely. This team, like you like you just said, will move the ball on you, especially because it's the Chargers' defense. They allow yards. But as long as you hold them to field goals, I think you give the Chargers a good chance at winning this game. Herbert has shown that he can put up about 30 points, roughly 27 to 30 points a game. And if you hold them to field goals, you maybe limit them to having about 20, 23 points. So right there alone, you give yourself an advantage. Field goals is going to be the key on defense. I don't think you're going to be able to completely stop the Bills' offense. I just I don't think you're going to be able to do it with the kind of success we've had this year with the injuries we've had. I don't think there's going to probably going to be any game like that Bengals game where we only allowed like 13 points. I don't think you're going to see another game like that this year. I don't think so either, but I mean, it can be done. I mean, this team can kind of fizzle out, and I think honestly for them, it's something that's a little bit infectious. I think if you can find a couple of plays early on in the game defensively where you can make a couple of key stops, force a couple of field goals that it could kind of get in the Bills' head a little bit. So I do think if you force them to settle for field goals, you give yourself a chance. And I think when you're going up you know, or going into this game as such a heavy underdog, that's really all you want, right, is to give yourself a chance. The Chargers have been competitive in almost every game this season. I mean, the Dolphins game for a lot of it didn't feel competitive, but ends up as a one-score game. This one is a little bit different coming up against a probably a more high-quality team in the Buffalo Bills. But let's get into it. Let's get to where we think this game is going to go, and let's start with our bowl predictions. So, David, let's start with you for the bowl predictions. Where are you going this week for your bowl prediction? So, for my bowl prediction this week, I think Keenan Allen is going to get his catches, but I do think one of these guys is going to get lost in the sauce, and for me, that guy is that guy is going to be Jalen Guyton. I think Jalen Guyton is going to have a Jalen Guyton Jalen Guyton esque game. I think it's going to go five catches, 140 yards, and he's going to get a 50 plus yard touchdown. <laughs> and somehow his average yards per reception, you know, would still probably go down a little bit. Maybe not at this point. He's had a couple of shorter catches, but. That would be a very Jalen Guyton type of game. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen coming off of a really good game. He has a really tough matchup against Tredavious White. I think that he wins that battle and continues to show everyone why he is one of the more impressive receivers in the NFL and a top five receiver in the league. So I'm going to say even with Tredavious White covering Keenan Allen for most of the game, I still think he's going to go 8 for 125 and a touchdown and he starts creeping up on his touchdown for a season record so john where are you going you crazy bastard for your bold prediction this week let's let's go a little bit really bold for a thanksgiving uh special right, here i'm gonna go herbert goes for about 400 yards and five passing touchdowns in this game damn a career high I mean, I had him going for a career game last week, and all he did was 366 and three touchdowns. Scrub. Uh, I, I'll be, I'm going to be pissed off if he does it for you. All right, well, let's get into our game predictions. I don't think any of us are feeling great about this game because I think at the, you know, at the end of the day, even if we thought the Chargers were keeping in this game and keeping it close towards the end of the game, we would just have no confidence in them finishing the game off. But if there's one person that would pick the Chargers, David, of course, it would be you. So where are you going for this game? How do you think it's going to play out? Yeah, this one was particularly tough for me to pick. I mean, it's really fighting the inner demons on this one. I would feel so much more comfortable with this prediction if I knew for a fact that Austin Eckler was going to go out there and play. I do think he is a dynamic 
a difference maker that the Chargers offense has been desperately missing. But I don't know that. Nobody knows that for sure. I mean, despite what you've seen on social media where it seems pretty uh, likely that he's going to be out there, nobody knows for sure. But even then, I am actually surprisingly going to pick the Chargers in a one-score win. <laughs> it is going to be a, a very close game. It's going to be 31-28, but I do feel like miraculously the Chargers are going to come out and beat the Bills and get their best win of the year. So it seems like even after the Raiders and the Broncos game, David still hasn't learned his lesson. And for that, David, I just hope that the Chargers don't rip your heart out of your chest. John, where are you going for this one? I don't think there's any chance you'd pick the Bills to lose this game. Well, all time, the Chargers oh. lead this series 25-12-2. and Thanksgiving miracle. And we've won the last four and ten of the last 13 against the Bills. And let's see. Uh, our offense has been pretty amazing. The Bills' defense has been pretty bad. I'm not fooled. Uh, I don't know. Do I want to drink the Kool-Aid? Do I want to drink the Kool-Aid? No. I'm going to say yes. Chargers will win this week. I'm going to go Chargers 38, Bills 34. And I'm going to say it's the Bills that messed themselves up by screwing up on the final drive when they're close to winning the game. I mean, the only way I see the Chargers winning this game is I think that they would have to be behind by something like five at the end of the game, and Justin Herbert would have to leave them have to lead them down for a game-winning touchdown because obviously I'm not leaving that up to Michael Badgley to try to finish off. But I'm honestly stunned. I thought David might pick the Bills. I didn't think there was any way that John was going to pick the Chargers, but I do think this is going to gain me another game in the lead of picking these games because I do think that this could be the Chargers' first double-digit loss of the season. I do think the Chargers will have some issues. I think the Bills' defense is probably good enough to at least turn them over one time. I just don't have... I don't think the Chargers' defense has the answer for Josh Allen and the Bills. I just think there's a lot of things they do well that the Chargers haven't done well against so far this season. So I do think the Chargers might be able to put up some points, but at the end of the day, I think the Chargers lose 35 to 24 again, beat in double digits for the first time this season. I hope not, but that's just Such not a what I think is going to happen. You know, I always like to look at the glass half empty, especially on Thanksgiving. I love to be the Grinch of Thanksgiving, right? So, Jesus. I mean, I thought I thought we could all get on here and just, you know, take the blame together as the three of us and split it into three and all pick the Chargers to lose. But I guess I'm just going to be Enjoy on an it. island now here by myself. Yes, you are. Enjoy it, Daniel. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening to a show. We all definitely really appreciate you. Everyone be safe out there. Don't hate me. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, I don't want that to get lost in this. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope the Chargers pull off the big upset. They're usually good for one of those a year. And I don't think you could look at any of the games that they've won this year against the Bengals or the Jets or the Jaguars and say that that's the one big upset. So maybe it's this week. Maybe it's a Thanksgiving a miracle. I wish they were playing on Thanksgiving, but that's neither here nor there. So have a good day, guys. Enjoy the turkey. Enjoy the ham. Enjoy all of the food. And most importantly, stay safe out there. Keep your family safe as well. But that is going to wrap it up for the week. We'll be back with you guys on Monday to break down this game. If you guys want to call in after the game or before the game, talk about your feelings on the game, you can call into the Locked on Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323 323- Five two four seven nine two four, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. If you guys don't already, make sure to follow us on social media. You can like the Facebook page of Locked On Chargers, or follow us on Twitter at Locked On LAC, and you can also subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. 
the subscribers always get the show the earliest and I think it's honestly the fastest and easiest way to do it and we'd appreciate it if you rated and reviewed it as well but that is going to do it for this week happy Thanksgiving everyone all the positive energy out there the Chargers are able to pull off the big upset this week and we'll be back with a victory Monday next week but until then take it easy and go Bolts.